Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, March 5th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 58, the very last paragraph that begins, Remember that we deal with alcohol. Today's readers are Irini M. on the 12 Steps, Sarah W. on the 12 Traditions. Reading the text are Angela D., Rachel N. M., and Elaine B. Uh, The reference number for yesterday, March 4th, 2014, is 7371. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Irini M. to read the 12 steps. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Kathy Kay, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Edini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini M. And Sarah W., would you read the 12 traditions, please? Yes, thank you, Kathy, for your service. Good morning, Mrs. Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from Iowa. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Sarah W., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. When you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 58, the uh, last paragraph beginning, remember that we deal with alcohol. I will ask Angela D. to begin reading. 
Press star one, Angela. Hello. Okay, now I hear you. Thank you. I'm I'm a newly recovered compulsive overeater. My name is Angela D, and I'm grateful. Okay. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful, without help. It is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. I will never, ever forget, and I will always remember, and I'm thankful to remember, that I am a compulsive overeater. Every single day, I'm grateful to wake up and remember that that I have a disease that will never be healed, but I have a daily reprieve. And with God, I have that reprieve. And I pass, and I thank you. Thank you, Angela D. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Kim. Hi, Charles H. Ronnie. Okay, I have Kim, Charles H., and is that Bonnie? Ronnie with an R. Bonnie. Okay, thank you, Ronnie. Vasa O, please. And Vasa O. Let's start with those four. So we start with Kim G., Charles H., Ronnie, and Vasa O. Thank you. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now, now. You know, so I looked up, what, what is Webster? What does the Webster Dictionary tell us the definition of now is? It says, without further delay, immediately, at once. Now, what does that word now mean to an addict? It's not a compulsive overeater, sick mind. It means sometime in the future, when it's convenient, and when I have time. Now, this book is real specific. We have to find, if we are powerless, we need to find power now. So I just want to compare some of the stuff I heard in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for many years and what the big book is telling me. So I come into OA and I'm told, you know what, go to six meetings before you make a decision. You know, there's 12 steps. What you do is you do one step a month. You have to be absent in at least two months before you start the steps. Don't do a fourth step so you've been abstinent for, each, for at least a year. And these steps, they're optional. Don't worry about the steps. Just come to meetings. You'll be okay. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. But no one ever told me what it was. It is the steps. And I was told about a three-legged stool, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And what that did for me personally was gave me the impression there was a spiritual part of the program. The whole entire program is spiritual. So that three-legged stool let me know, okay, well, today I'm going to work the physical part. Tomorrow I might work the emotional part. And then maybe maybe in a week, a month, a year from now, I'll work that spiritual part. So what is the big book telling me? The big book is telling me I have two alternatives. I'm going to blot out the consciousness of my intolerable situation, or I'm going to go for spiritual help. I have the option of alcoholic destruction or spiritual help. I can choose alcoholic death or spiritual help. The big book tells me I'm crushed by a self-imposed crisis. That God either is or he isn't. And if we read, when we read that chapter, Working with Others, 
the thing that I, it blows me away is the way that it's described in the early days is they would sit down with a guy on a 12-step call, bring him through steps one and two in a few hours, and ask him, are you willing to make a decision to now seek this power? And if he said yes, then they would bring him to a meeting. That's how serious this was. How much we have watered down this program, not just OA, and a lot of 12-step programs. So I, I find the more that I align myself with the message of the big book, the more peace I have in my life. So I'm going to read that one more time. Because we are told, I'm sorry, in the first three chapters plus the doctor's opinion, we are told that we are powerless. The rest of the book is about finding power. So one more time. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Charles H., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Uh, my name is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today, calling from sunny Miami, Florida. And uh, remember, remember alcohol is cunning, that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. That may be true, and I'll never forget that, um, just like the, the reader um, clarified beautifully, I'll never forget that it is. But disease, I got somebody that's more powerful than you, and that one is God. God is, God is, God is everything. God can do it. He did it before. He'll do it again. I slipped so many times in my, you know, you know what? I, I ain't slipped because I ain't have no recovery in my life. But God was always there. Like, you know what, Charles? I got you. I got you. You know, I'm down here in Miami. Um, you know, I got the, the death of my aunt. And, um, you know, my family felt some type of, like, you know, my sisters are like, well, you know, he's not. Like, they made plans and um, they're down here. And, and, you know, but I trust I, I trust God. God got all the power. Like, living in New York, how are we going to get out? How are we going to get out of that snowstorm? You know, Two flights I was on, shaky, turbulence. But you know what? You know, God had my back all the time. I was reading the word, reading, reading in my big book. Like, you know what? If, if it's time to go, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to be with my God. I'm ready. You know, people are getting, people are, people are dying for their God. I'm ready to die for my God because He got all the power, and I trust Him. I trust Him. Um. So God's more powerful than my than my binge than my binge desires. God is more powerful than than um than my little carnal mind. You know, all I gotta do is trust trust and believe that if I take the steps that God would like me to take, which is the twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm gonna be all right one day at a time. And uh you know, thank thank God for God, because if it was these twelve steps, I wouldn't be thinking about coming to no white funeral. I would be thinking about binging and stuffing my feelings and uh, <laughs> and doing you know harm to myself. So I trust God. So we're down in my past. Thanks for allowing me to share. I pass. Thank you, Charles H. and Ronnie. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Ronnie. Uh, recovered. I'm going to say the word. Uh, recovered, compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. It's just occurred to me this past week that I think I'm recovered. Uh, 
and that's really cool. Uh, first things first, Charles, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, sharing and for being here. You know, we say that it's cunning, baffling, and powerful. And, um, you know, when I came into these rooms, I, I got it. I got the baffling part. I was baffled. You know, I didn't know why I kept eating. It was powerful. Yep, I had been overpowered by it many times. But when I heard the word cunning, that was really an eye-opener. <clears throat> you know, the definition of the word cunning, it's, um, it says uh, having or showing skill in achieving one's ends by deceit or evasion. And I never, um, I just never thought about that, that this disease actually has an intent. Um, it kind of made it feel more like a full-bodied being, someone, something, some force that was cunning and just very, very clever. So it was the first time that I really realized that I had been tricked many times by my disease. It's a trickster. Um, so, and because it has intent, it's a disease that has like its own survival is at heart, right? So it will do whatever it has to do to take me down. It's cunning. So a cunning disease, it makes me truly believe, again, that this time will be different, that this time I can eat like anyone else, and I will, but I will be brought low again. The next time that I believe that, it presents itself in a totally different way that looks totally legit, and I do it again, and I'm brought low again. And so it's cunning in that way. Um, and because it looks so true, my common sense rears its head, and I say, well, of course, and then I get laid low again. So if cunning implies a force that is evil and deceitful, you know, it can only be trumped by something very wide and loving and honest, and that's God. You know, and God is always available to me. It is always in me. And as long as I can stay unblocked, I, you know, the cunning part of that disease has no power over me. As long as I stay unblocked so that the sunlight of the spirit can just chuckle and laugh and say, nice try, cunning, we got you. And um, so what I so appreciate, what the program has given me through the 12 steps, as outlined in the big book, um, not as I've heard for decades in program, but as outlined in the book, big book, which I'm getting my arms around for the first time in my life, and it's just a revelation. But as long as I follow the 12 steps as outlined, um, I can be cunning when it comes up um, because God lets me, because I've got something bigger. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. Can you give me the first initial of your last name, please? Oh, sure. Yes, it's P as in Peter. Thank uh, you very much, Ronnie P. Sure. Okay, Vasa O, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from Florida. And I'm just so grateful to be here this morning with all of you. And I remember the first time that you know i you know I heard it at the meetings how the program works, and especially this part, remember that we are de- we're dealing with food, cunning, baffling, powerful, without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power that one is, that one is God, may you find him now, and half measures avails us nothing. We stood at the point turning point, we asked his protection, and here we complete abandon. And I was terrified when I found out it was a disease. You know, I said, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Well, you know, they said, we can arrest with God's help. You know, we can arrest this disease one day at a time. 
But again, the person that 12 stepped me said to me, you know, if you try to do it by yourself, you could have done it by now. Now you get you. We have to find you have to find a power greater than ourselves than yourself to help you. And I was willing, and I was so ready. I didn't want to die. I really did not want to die. So she said, well, then you have to take certain steps, and they're laid out here in the book. It's very easy. We just have to follow it. You know. It's like a recipe, Vasa. You love to cook. And, you know, I mean, I used to cook and bake. I knew how to follow recipes. Well, forget about the baking. I needed to put half of my time I spent baking and cooking, you know. So half of that time, the energy I was putting into that, I needed to put in my program. So thank you, God, for that. And, uh, again, you know, I did the first three steps. I, I, I was powerless. I was willing to find a power greater than myself. Then myself, and I was ready to surrender to God because I didn't want to die. I said, please, God, help me. And, you know, the cunning part, you know, I did that for many years. You know, the tricks that I did with the food, how to cut it down, how to diet, how to measure, how to weigh, how to count calories, none of that worked. And none of it worked. I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me, the honesty, the willingness, uh, they're open-minded that, uh, that you know, I needed to have. And I knew that sponsors not going to follow me all day long to see what I was putting in my mouth. I needed to, to have that power from God. I needed to have that honesty with God. And that, you know, that, you know, she couldn't follow me for 24 hours. I needed to be honest with God, myself, and then others. Thank you for letting me share that path. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Larry. Can I share? Oh my goodness. Okay, I heard Larry and Renata. Janice. Janice. I'm sorry. Who is that? Mike Anthony G. Mike Anthony G. Janice. Um. Somebody B. Who is that? Irini. Irini, okay. Sally. Sally. Okay, let's stop there and I'll read them off. Larry, Renata, Janice, Mike, Anthony, G, J, I'm sorry, Irini, and Sally. Please go ahead, Larry. Thanks, Kathy Kay. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered um, compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, in reading this, um, it, it was important for me to, to fully acknowledge that there were boundaries and limits to my rationality. You know, in other words, um, you know, with this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease, you know, as a human being with limited capacity to know, you know, what was what was unknowable, I had to accept the fact that I can't reason my way through perfect decisions about everything. And so, you know, we reason a bit. And then we draw conclusions. And we, we might even leap to conclusions, perhaps like a leap of faith. Or we, we, you know, creep slowly towards them. But one way or another, I had to examine the evidence available to me and draw conclusions. The evidence available to me was that this disease had me beat. And this disease, unfortunately, you know, waiting to draw conclusions and, and, you know, and take the necessary action, waiting is very likely going to result in death. You know, it's it's uh, we've heard it's suicide on the layaway plan. You know, there was no no limbo for long. 
And at some point, I had to be done thinking about it. A decision is required. And faith is considered a virtue, you know, perhaps the, the highest virtue of all. And having faith didn't mean that I stopped attempting to use my rational mind. I mean, I, I, God gave me that, and I, and I still think. It just meant that in the face of this death trap, this coming baffling and powerful disease, I'm resigning from, you know, from the wondering society. You know, I, I make no apologies for making the decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. It's, it's unknowable exactly when I'm going to die, but, you know, no amount of wondering is going to give me the precise answer. But by the grace of God today, I can tell you this, I'm not going to die as the result of this disease. You know, I have a, designing for, a, a design for living that really works, and, and work is the point of faith. Faith without works is dead. So um, very grateful. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Renata, please go ahead. Hi, Kathy. Thank you. Good morning. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. Remember that we deal with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. So, you know, what that brought to mind for me was, you know, when I first started in program and I put the food down, I remember, you know, being on my knees and crying, being desperate because I wanted to eat. I needed the food. I was never able to live my life without going to the food before. And I I didn't think I could. You know, I've I've faced many, many difficult things throughout my life. I've always been, you know, reasonably intelligent, and I've always been independent. But when it came to the food, like, it was beyond my understanding. I just, you know, could not picture life without my binge substances. And, um, you know, but I was willing enough to get on the phone with strangers you know, and and tell them I'm crying because I want to eat. Like, it hurts. It's it's uncomfortable. It's painful. But, you know, I was willing to to try something new, right? Because everything else I had tried did not work. And there were many times that thoughts would come into my mind of, what's the use, Renata? It's not going to work. It never worked before. It's not going to work now. And, you know, it's just like says in here, without help, it is too much for us. That was true. I had to find the one that had all power. I had to believe that God was more powerful than the food. And so every time I made a decision to, to go to the steps, instead of going to the food, God was there for me. God did for me what I could not do for myself. On my own, I was never able to stay stopped. But when, you know, I, I was willing enough to put the food down and work this death as if my life depended on it, everything changed. Everything changed because then God came in. The power came in. Thanks, and I bet. Thank you, Renata G. And Janice, please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good to hear your voice this morning. My name is Janice. I am a Recovered compulsive overeater, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And if you're still listening, Charles, I, I too am sorry for your loss and so glad you arrived there safely. 
So we're in this wonderful part of the of how it works where we're reminded, where we're, we are reminded what it is that we're dealing with. I needed to be reminded who I was and what I was up against. You know, that's the reminder. Without help, it was too much for me. It was too much for me. And what is it that, it's, that it was too much for me? I had this physiological thing wrong with me. Certain foods lit this fire in me, a, a match to gasoline, whoosh, and I couldn't stop. But more than that, the greater aspect of the disease was my thinking. It was my thinking. It was the obsession. Because if I had just put the food down, that would have been a moot point. But I kept picking it up. And that's the part that was so baffling. You know, it was coming, my thinking. But it was in my own head, my thinking. And what was I going to do about that? What was I going to do about that? Well, this big book had been teaching me in the preceding chapters exactly exactly what these people who had been up against this very same thing had found work for them. There is a solution, they told me. There is a solution. And if you want this solution, here's how it works. So they told me all these things in the doctor's opinion. There was a scientific part to this disease, uh, a part that was physiological. It was in my body. It was in my physiology. But they also said, you have this obsession if you're like us. This is what we had. This is what happened to us, our thinking. And that the thinking was going to be changed by this power greater than me. That my thinking was now going to be in God's hands. If I took certain steps, I could change my thinking. I could change the belief that I had. I could convert I could convert into a new belief, a new way of thinking, of acting on life. You know, and that was going to be the solution. And it was going to be an experience. And the experience was working the 12 steps. Because without that, this cunning, baffling, and powerful thinking that have held me prisoner, these old ideas that I couldn't seem to let go of absolutely, that was going to be transformed. And that this power, that one, that was God, I was going to find that God by working these 12 steps. It was going to be a spiritual conversion, a spiritual experience, a spiritual transformation. You know, what good news this is. Bad news, good news. The bad news is now it's identified, and the good news is there's a solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Uh, Mike Anthony J, please. Yes, my name is Michael Anthony, and it's, it's G, as oh, in George. Sorry. sorry, Michael. Not a problem. Um, my name is Michael Anthony J, and I'm actually, uh, this is my fifth week with OA. Um, I'm new to this. Um, you know, I realized that this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease is, is exactly what it is. Uh, so I had to actually admit that I was powerless and reach out to OA because due to my unconditional love for, for food, I had to come 
uh, I came to believe that I could not do this on my own. Um, this is my uh, very, very, uh, this is my second time at your, your meeting, um, you know, and I have a sponsor. I was able to find a sponsor um, who does not play with this disease, and, you know, I want to be, I want to be exactly where he is. You know, he, he's, um, his, his mind is, um, you know, focused on, you know, overcoming the things that I need in my life, you know, to, to be able to maintain, you know, with this, with this disease. And it's very, very hard for me right now. Um, I never, um, I mean, I spoke a few times on a few meetings, you know, but this is my first time speaking on, on you all's meeting. And, you know, I'm very grateful. I listen to, um, you know, um, a lot of the women on here and I'm telling you, I've never, I've never felt you know, so uh, like the women on here are so serious about you know their um, you know uh, being able to defeat what people say that it can't be defeated. They say that you know because food is there to eat. You know, you thinking that you can't. You know, you have to eat it. You know, but there's a way that you there's a way that you can eat the food. You know, and 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 there's a way that you can eat the food. And still be able to uh, to live, you know. I'm I don't have that understanding yet, you know. I don't have that understanding. I don't have that understanding, and I'm trying to get that understanding. I don't know anything about food. The, the only thing that I know about food, and the reason that I reached out to OA, is because I know how to cook it, make it taste good, and eat it. That's all I know about food, you know. And that's what makes it. To me, that's what makes this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease, you know, uh, um, you know, sometimes lead me in the wrong direction. I was, you know, in my twenties, I was one seventy, you know, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm four seventy, you know. I just, you know, and I, and I was able. I started out when I started out a month, like about five weeks ago, I was five twenty, you know, and uh, due to the fact that I've you know, try to listen to listen to the people that reached out to me and you know, I, I slowed down and I started weighing weighing and measuring my foods and, you know, um trying to live my life conducive to what I was being taught. You know, um so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this this meeting and I'm grateful for you all letting me share and thank you. Oh and, and the child, I'm sorry for your loss. Michael Anthony G. Uh, Adini M., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy K. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Adini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. It starts off with the paragraph, remember. What am I remembering? Well, I have to remember to be obedient. I have to remember to be alert and aware, conscious of every single thought, every single thought that enters into my mind. What kind of thoughts, you know, am I allowing to enter and consume consume me or that's controlling me 
or that's what am I focusing on? What has a hold on me? You know, that's a lot to remember, but that's a great need to remember. And, you know, we all need help. Everybody needs help, a helping hand. You know, we need to open our hands and let go what we're hanging on to so we can receive another helping hand as, you know, our fellows who have some power. But it's the hand of God that we need, for he has all power. Which one, you know, which, which that's what we really need. The one, capital O, is God the only, the single source that we honestly need. I pray you realize that he is always here and present, and may you seek him out, because it's a choice, a desire, and a need to shift. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini M. And Sally, you'll be our last share on this paragraph. Thank you, Kathy, and um, good morning, a vision for you, and uh, it's Sally A. in South Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. And so I want to just take one more look at this because I believe that what we're giving here is another chance just to have a recap of all these pages that we just read. It's as if they are recapping and reminding us that they have been busy uh, basically throwing a hoe into our brain and preparing the soil of our mind. They have thrown lots of seeds into this this fallow soil of our minds, and they're now ready. They're ready for us to embark on these, these action steps. And so when I see the word remember, it says to me, okay, let's just have one more look at those, recap it one more time. Number one, that we're dealing with alcohol, a cunning, baffling, powerful. And remember that page 23, 24, 33, 35, 37, 42, and 92 are all going to tell us about this mental twist, a mental phenomenon, this mental blank spot that leads us not just to the allergy of our body, but to the mental problem that we have that leads to a cunning, baffling, powerful illness that we are all struggling with if we are real compulsive overeaters. Then it says, without help, it is too much for us. On page 42, I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. So what wouldn't help willpower and self-knowledge? And they're telling us without help, it is too much for us. Where are we going to find the help? You know, on page 569, it tells us on the second paragraph, Dr. Foster Kennedy, neurologist, this organization of Alcoholics Anonymous calls on two of the greatest reservoirs of power known to man, religion and that instinct for association with one's fellows, the herd instincts. We need each other and we need God. You know, in this book, it tells us on page XXI, got that somewhere here, XXVII, it tells us strenuous work is vital to permanent recovery. So that also reinforces that we, we need each other. We need that, that herd instinct. We need each other. And then second of all, of course, here, we need God. We need God, and they're preparing us for that understanding. And finally, it says, 
But there is one who has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now. And they're giving us a key, this very important key. We've been studying for the last 57, 58 pages. We've been given especially the keys to the kingdom to know and understand and to change our thinking, change our mind. Bottom of 13 and bottom of page 57 gives us these keys, the key of to both to believe, the key of willingness, the key of honesty, rigorous honesty. It's required for us to get well. And finally, the humility, which the, the, the definition for humility includes the absence of self-assertion, the willingness to say, I could be wrong, and to change your mind, to be willing to open your mind to new possibilities. And so we're being prepared for what is coming. Here it comes. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally A. I will now ask Rachel N.M. to read the next paragraph. Good morning, Kathy and all. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with a complete abandon. Well, what half measures... um, makes me think of and my disease is not complete truth it is it's just part of of the human being and especially the part of addiction it's really hard to tell the complete truth but i found much freedom in in being completely truthful and and it's still hard for me at times to to tell my sponsor or my husband some some uh, desire to to twist something, or um, I still have times when I want to play with my food, but it works so well and it's so free to completely be honest with one other person, myself and God. And we're told on page 58 that that is the only thing that will keep us from recovery is if we're not willing or cannot be completely honest. And that is so reassuring um, as we start on our on our journey that it, it really isn't a possibility to fail if we can thoroughly follow the, the path of the first 100 alcoholics that were recovered. Um, and also I love the, his. we ask his protection and care with complete abandon um, because it is scary for those of us who had not turned over everything to God before we got here. And, and we had two options, to either go on and disease or um, turn our complete selves over to God. But that our loving God would would protect us and care for us, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. And that's all I have to share. I pass. Thank you, Rachel N M. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Amy. Amy. Melissa C. Okay. Melissa C. Paula D. Sorry. Paula D. 
All of the okay, let's start with those three. Go ahead, Amy, and if you could give us the first initial of your last name. Yep. Sure, will do. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Wow, can you feel the build up here? You know, this is what we've been building up to, how it works. Everybody wants to know the instructions. We stand at a, stir- a turning point. I think he's carefully, you know, the words are being carefully crafted here. I mean, let's review, like Janice was saying, we've learned, or at least as we go through these chapters, that, I mean, that I have a a state of, um, seemingly helpless state of mind and body, that if I have crossed the line over into compulsive overeating, I have a mental obsession and a physical allergy, the greater aspect being the mental obsession, that a sick mind cannot heal the sick mind. And that if I've crossed the line at a compulsive overeating, we are like people who have lost their legs. We never grow new ones. And as a matter of fact, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. On page 25, we have but two alternatives, you know, to keep eating into oblivion or to pick up the spiritual kit of tools laid at our feet. So what are we going to do? Well, we realized this entire chapter prior to this chapter was we agnostic. We're learning about a higher power, that I have a lack of power. That was my dilemma. How do I how do I heal myself? I can't. I need a power greater than myself. What is that power going to be? And that power either is going to be higher power, is God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? That's on We Agnostics, page 53. What was my choice going to be? Again, they talk about half measures, availeth nothing. The result was nil until we let go absolutely. Complete abandon. At some point, my sponsor says to me, you know, you're standing at a turning point. What is your decision going to be, Amy? Am I going to step forward into willingness, at least a willingness to believe in those who have recovered and gone before and to take action into the steps we're about to outline? Or am I going to go back to the same old, same old, to the disease that is killing me, that I am absolutely powerless over? What was my decision going to be? I had to decide one way or the other. Was I going to step forward in faith and leaning on my higher power and trust and rely and work these steps like my life depends upon it, or am I going to let this disease have its way with me? Because history and and proven experience has shown me that again, time and time again, that my mind will lead me back. My warped and twisted and obsessed mind is going to lead me back. And if I don't have a power greater than myself outside of myself, that I am doomed to this disease, that I will keep on until oblivion, suicide on the layaway plan, like Larry said. What was my decision going to be? I stood at that turning point. I had to step forward. I had to make a decision. And the grateful part of this is that I don't have to do this alone anymore. The solution, the common solution that they talk about on page 17, that we can all agree on and connect with our higher power and work in these steps is that we don't have to do this alone anymore. Now we can tap into a greater source with complete abandon, without any reservation. And the more that I did that, the better I got, and the more I was willing to work this program. This program has the power to heal. It is stronger than this disease, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi, this is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, oh, gosh, what powerful words this morning. Um, you know, I'm thinking about what complete abandon means. And, um, you know, that was the way that I binged. I binged with complete abandon without any reservations, um, with no thought, 
with um, just all of my being and all of my energy. And, um, and so that, I have to use the same gusto or greater gusto um, to, to meet my higher power, to, you know, and, and this morning it really dawned on me, um, my disease is the opposite of my higher power. It's my lowest weakness. And it, yet my lowest weakness can be so strong. Um, and that when I'm on my own, whenever I have battled this on my own without complete abandon, but making um, conditions, you know, tweaking things, not doing it fully with abandon, um, I fall prey to the liar inside of me that tells me this time will be different, this is an okay situation, and it comes in through the most seemingly harmless avenues. You know, that liar inside of me has is cunning, and it gets more and more skillful. And the only thing that has really silenced that voice has been my higher power, has been complete abandon. When I really pressed into this program without any excuses or conditions, I stopped giving half of myself. Um, That voice was silenced. And now when that voice inside calls out to me, I can see it as diseased evil that it really is. And and it, it sounds pathetic. And the only thing that has made that voice sound pathetic is the work of the program. Um, there is no more tweaking it. And I have to give it all over to my higher power all the time. Um, you know, and that's 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 really, that's been the big secret. That I don't know why I didn't hear it, but I guess I needed to suffer a lot more before I was really willing to listen. And um so grateful to be here this morning. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. Paula D., please go ahead. Press star one, Paula, to unmute. Hi, hello again, Kathy, and good morning. And I said thank you once, but I'll tell you once is never enough. Thank you for the service that you do, and thank you that this meeting is here. My name is Paula D. That would be me. And I am a compulsive overeater, recovered today gratefully by the grace of God. And we start here, and I'm just going to sit on this line here and camp out right here. Half measures. Oh, how long did I camp out here? Availed us nothing. Availed mean gained. It gained me nothing. But I always continually thought, well, I've got something here. I'm halfway. Halfway was never good enough. It was like going up a mountain. And then all of a sudden you lose your grip and you go right back down again. It gained me nothing. But until I could see that clearly. Come on, you got another half measure, Paula? Yeah, yeah, I got another one. And I would get ahead for a while. Do you remember those days? Oh, I could get ahead for a while. Oh, I'll be abstinent. That'll do it. This disease involves every part of me. What I think, what I see, how I see every part of me. That's why a half measure was not going to do. 
it had to seep into the very soul and heart of me. It says here, and I'll go on to the next line, we stood at the turning point. Now here we stand. Here we stand, a decision to be made. A turning point. Which way will I turn? Which way will I turn? The decision is yours, as it was mine. But look what happens here. We asked. I had to. We asked his protection and care. I needed both. And I had to know that. You can't do it, Paula. And care with complete. Love the words. What a wordsmith he is. Never have halfway measures, as we shared before. Always very clear. Complete. Oh, let's get this one right, honey. Got anything left? You know, like in that half measure part? Nothing left. Complete abandon. Abandon means to give up. Oof. Surrender. Cease. To cease fighting anything or anyone. There the turning point. There the turn is made. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. We have time for one more share. Who would like to share? This is Alice M. Alice M. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Kathy. This is Alice M., recovered compulsive overeater in bulimic from Florida, currently in the state of Washington. Um, past measures availed us nothing. You know, I look I look at that today and say, you know what, half measures availed me, uh, half measures did not avail me a recovered state of mind. But I am so grateful for being willing to take even one-tenth measures at time because what half measures did avail me was half measures kept me alive at least. They kept me alive through all the years that I was not willing to to get a sponsor, to work the steps, to weigh and measure my food, to do all the things I'm willing to do today. It was a half measure, any, any kind of little step you know, thread into this this program, this way of life, kept me alive. You know, it just that's, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so I don't say they availed me nothing because I, if, I, if I hadn't been willing to put something into it, you know, I, and I, it was just a lot of luck too. Um, but we stood at the turning point. We asked this protection and care with complete abandon. And I've stood at that turning point many times. It's either you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself, Alice, right now. You know you're gonna you're gonna take your life, or you are gonna once more um, lean into this this fellowship and this program. And I say fellowship with a capital F. Um, the we and this fellowship and humanity are are um, the where I get the source. You know, strength of power greater than me. Um, and it was just, you know, complete abandon, complete abandon saying that, you know, we asked his protection. I see that as we surrender to the help of others. We surrendered, surrendered to this program, to the people that have gone before me. Um, and I, and I'm just, I have such a rich, um, a rich, I don't want to say higher power, you know, just power greater than myself today. Um, you know, the, it's just incredible. It just feels so huge. The 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 love of this uh, fellowship and and examples and demonstrations of working the principles and staying in in a recovered state of mind. And I just wanted to flip back to the paragraph right before that. Um, you know, remember that we deal with alcohol. And I love what someone said in here. Remember that we deal with our thinking. So it's like remember, Alice, that we deal. I deal with my thinking. You know, it's cunning. It's baffling. It's powerful. Um, 
without help is too much for me. And there is one who has all power, you know, and, and for me, that one is the, is humanity. You know, it's the goodness in people. It's, um, it's this fellowship, capital F, <laughs> capital F again. And may you find him now. It's for me that, you know, um, may you seek it now, you know, just go for it, you know, just go for it. And, and I have to say too, that I love that, um, as a newcomer coming on this meeting, you know, maybe it's today's your first day, it might seem a little overwhelming. And I just want to remember that when I go back, um, as some of the newcomers might be listening to, when I go back into Bill's story on page nine, when Eddie comes to him and um, he says, um, you know, he, he he comes in, he's he's sober, and Bill notices, you know, he's all bright. Something is different. And then he says, um, you know, so and he looks straight at me and simply but smilingly, he said, I've got religion. And he goes down a little bit. And um, he says, um, I was aghast, you know. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. And now I suspect a little cracked about religion. And then he says, um, but bless his heart, let him rant. Besides, my gin would last longer than his preaching. And then here is a sentence that I just want to always remember when I'm working with others. And here's what Bill says. But he did know ranting. So I just want to know, I don't want to be, I don't want to rant. <laughs> I love that word. You know, I don't want to evangelize. I don't want to, I'm not setting out to reform anybody. I'm not to criticize, you know. And, and I heard over the weekend someone said, when working with others, be quiet, be sane, be cooperative. To be helpful is your only aim. And I really like that and be calm. And um, I just have to remember that, that, but he did no ranting. Um, I am just another person trying to um, work the principles and, and right my wrongs and lead a good life and be helpful to others and stand in the side of love and service. And um, and that's all I have to offer. That's all I have to offer today. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Allison. Thank you to everyone who has shared. It's now time to close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that by the serenity prayer. Elaine B., would you read for us? Yes, Kathy, thank you for your service. A great meeting. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.